And you're listening to Inside Your Head. And I never asked to grow up, so please don't make me do it. I wasn't meant to grow up, don't think I'll make it through it. Things have been going south since I hit puberty. It looks like growing up is just too much for me. Welcome to Inside Your Head. This is Nasty Neil, and I'm joined by Marshall Louie, the Chief Content Officer for Wondery. It's very cool to have you here. Thanks for having me, Neil. And for people wondering what Wondery is, could you uh, explain what that is before we get into Imagine Life? Sure. Wondery is a podcast network. Uh, we put out about 25 original shows, uh, and some of the ones that we're best known for are Dirty John, Dr. Death, Gladiator, which we did with the Boston Globe Spotlight team, uh, and most recently we had one come out with called Over My Dead Body, uh, and we have a series of ongoing shows as well, um, including one called One Plus One and Imagine Life, Business Wars, and some others. So you might have heard a bunch of our podcasts in various places. Yeah. And uh, from Imagine Life, uh, could you give us an idea of what that is? Yeah, so Imagine Life is what we call a second-person guessing game. Uh, it's hosted by uh, two hosts uh, who alternate. One is Virginia Madsen, who was nominated for an Oscar for Sideways, and the other is Robbie Damon, who's a well-known voice actor. And every episode is a biography of a person that you know, uh, but you don't find out who it is until the very last moment of the episode. And along the way, you're, it, it's the, uh, the story is told using sound design and narration and music in the second person. So it says uh, you uh, feel alone. Um, you have done this, you have done that with certain clues along the way. Uh, so sometimes you might guess who it is, and sometimes you may not, you may not. And they tend to be very famous people, but sometimes you'd be surprised that you don't know their story. And um, by the end, it's usually uh, I always when I get to the end of them, I always feel there's some something weirdly cathartic about the way that uh, you know you after you hear the struggles of what some of these very famous people have gone through, whether it's J.K. Rowling or Elton John or Sarah Palin or you know, those are just some of the people that we've done. Um, you you kind of have a new appreciation for them uh, when you get to the end of the episode. Yeah. Where did the concept come from? Uh, were, was this something that you created or something that you brought on to, uh, to the site, to the network? Um, it was something that we did create internally. It was actually created by Hernan Lopez, who's our CEO. And it was an idea he had. We have other shows on our network that use the second person, what we call the imagine scene. So if you listen to our history show called American History Tellers, uh, the tagline for that show is your history, your, uh, sorry, our history, your story. And uh, what that means is you actually hear uh, at the beginning of every episode and a few times throughout uh, the perspective of a person who might have been there during the Cold War or during Prohibition. Uh, or any any per time period that we're doing, so you actually get the feeling of what it was like to be there. And it says, imagine you are arriving in Ellis Island, for example. So this kind of grew out of that uh, as an idea of what if we did that scene that's only about a couple of minutes uh, at a time in our other shows, if we did an entire episode 
that was in that format. And you are going through this experience because uh, we found that that uh, call to imagine yourself in someone else's shoes in audio is extremely powerful. And there's really nothing else out there like it. And production wise, it's like, it's kind of like creating an, a true life audio drama every week on this show. Yeah. And uh, I'm someone who likes like the old school radio dramas from like the thirties and stuff. I like uh-huh. the horror ones. And so uh, when I was listening to him uh, this week, it was similar to that, but yet, it, you know, it's, it's modern. So there's a different twist to it, but I, I, I always enjoy that. And, uh, and it's something unique. You don't, uh, you don't really hear anything like that anymore. Yeah, we didn't know what people were going to think, but it's been really well received. Um, and people, you know, the, it has a lot of people, a lot of five-star reviews on Apple where people are saying it's, you know, their favorite podcast. And I think it's because, um, you know, Jeff Schmidt, who does the sound design and Stephanie Jens here, who edits each episode. Um, it's kind of, it is, you know, it was Hernan's idea originally and I work on it and it's it's kind of a team effort. Uh, but each one is its own little uh story that has its own tone you know its own it's almost like each one's its own different genre so it is kind of like those old radio shows um but you know for the modern yeah like you said for the modern age where people want to kind of um put their headphones in or put it on their car and get sucked into the story uh and mm-hmm. i think that's a little different than the way it was when it was a family gathering yeah, right. around the radio back in the day right yeah uh, along those lines, when did you uh, when did you get into podcasts, and when did you see them something, you know that w- that would take off like they have? I my background is as, as a filmmaker. I was a writer and director for a long time, and during that time, I did one story for This American Life, and so that was my first experience doing doing radio stories. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just became more and more into podcasts uh, over time. So I've been producing the last couple of years. Uh, in a bunch of different uh, different media. So I have done some book publishing, some digital series, some films, some TV, and some podcasts. And about I started here at Wondery about a, a little over a year ago, and that was when I f- went sort of full in to the podcast space. Mm-hmm. Um, so it kind of turned from, you know, I'd, I'd always been telling a lot of stories, and here we're trying to do a, take a more cinematic approach. But I, mm-hmm. I just was getting more and more into podcasts is something that um, I found myself like talking to people about more than the latest TV yeah. show or the latest movie. I was like, I listened to this podcast or I heard this on a podcast. You got to listen to it. And I was just one of those people. And so I turned, you know, I turned it into my job, I guess. <laughs> yeah. What do you think it is about podcasts that have like uh, struck a chord with people? And uh, cause I started doing 2005 and I don't think the, the term was even around then, but uh, they've really, you know, taken off over the last like 10 years or so. Yeah, what do you think it is? Um, well, I think it's uh, it's convenient. Like you said, either you're you can you can um, multitask, so you can uh, listen to a podcast while you're at. I guess you probably shouldn't at work, but depending on what you do for work, I guess, or if you're on your computer, uh, if you're traveling, and uh, a lot of them are free. You don't, even though you do get some uh, commercials, they're not like uh, you know concert commercials, like like an old like a. Uh, classic radio show where it would be like five minutes and then a bunch of commercials and uh well there's it's very convenient i think yeah yeah i think of it as like the best of of digital you know like you said it's free it's available everywhere um 
you can listen to it whenever you want. But unlike a lot of other digital medium, which are really short and kind of surface or surface level, like if you think of social media or YouTube, a lot of that a lot of that stuff is sort of like bite sized or Instagram stories mm-hmm. or something. Podcasts are a chance to really go deep and get comfortable and get connected with whoever it is or whatever it is that you're listening to. So whether it's a you know talk show like yours or whether it's something like Dr. Death or Dirty John, where you get totally sucked into the story or imagine mm-hmm. life. Um, you know, people are just really, I think, responding to it. And it's, it's a chance to take in these stories without having to look at a screen because we spend so much time looking at screen. So mm-hmm. I think those are some of the reasons why it's taking off or, or it's really striking a nerve right now with yeah. people, with, with consumers and, and listeners. That's like, yeah, that's a good point. Cause it used to be like, usually if someone would come on like a regular radio show, if it was like someone promoting a movie, they'd be on maybe five minutes or 10 minutes and it would be really just an obvious plug and then they get off. But uh, it's much, much more interesting to actually listen to them talk about uh, whatever they're doing and like uh, them personally. And you don't get that uh, in any other form, really. Not not as readily right. available anyway, unless, you know, yeah, no, it's like true. a documentary I, out. Right. I love listening. Yeah. I mean, before podcasts existed, how often would you get to listen to, you know, famous people talk for an hour or hour and a half at a time? You know, as there would be a few shows on TV like Charlie Rose, but mm-hmm. that was it. So I think people really like to spend that time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So how did uh, Virginia Madsen get involved? Uh, she's perfect for this, I think. Uh, you know, great voice. And because uh, I also like uh, audiobooks, and I know it sounds kind of silly to say, but if you have someone who does who doesn't uh, read well, like it really takes you out of the audiobook. But if you have someone who has a lot of motion just in their speaking, you know, it really sucks you in. Yeah, I think well. So Virginia Madsen got involved. We we offered it to her. I mean, we were looking for the right host, and um, we reached out to her through her through her reps through her agency, and she responded to it. Um, and I agree with you. I mean, audiobooks are, uh, you know, written for the page, and then somebody reads them, and they read in a certain style, and. Uh, it can be hard. You know, I know that there's certain books that I can listen to as an audiobook and some that I just get lost really quickly just mm-hmm. because it's not meant to be listened to. So these are meant to be, you know, written to be listened to. And we also, a lot of the time when we work with, um, with voiceover, with narrators who have done a lot of audiobooks, like Virginia and Robbie both had, one of the first things we have to say to them is like, this isn't an audiobook. Don't do that. You know, very um, halted, you know, very like breathy kind of reading, you know, read it, talk like you normally would and feel into it and, you know, give it a performance and make it feel natural because that's what people expect from podcasts is more of a natural feeling, not that kind of, this is an audio book, you know? So <laughs> right. we, we try to get them to do that. Yeah. So how, how much time goes into each episode? Cause I assume you would take a lot just to even write it and then uh, for her to read it and then to edit it and put in the sounds and everything. Yeah, it's probably six weeks or two months from end to end. You know, there's a lot of research that goes into it. And then a lot of time is spent writing and getting the script right, multiple drafts. And then the uh, tracking of it, you know, the recording with Virginia and with Robbie only takes a few hours. Um, Mm -hmm. And then the sound design takes a week or two. And then it's done. Yeah. 
So most yeah, of the work you, is in the right. Most of the work is really in the writing. I would say, you know, getting the yeah. writing right. Yeah. Who do you? Uh, how do you go about like choosing who's gonna who you're gonna write about and who you know who's gonna be the subject matter? That's really tricky because it has to be somebody who is well known enough so that when you get to the end, pretty much everybody is gonna know who that person is. Right. Um, but also who has elements of their life that are not well known or that can be obscured because it really is a bit of a game. And sometimes we've had people who are really famous and, you know, we try to pick a chapter of their life that's less well known. Um, and then sometimes, you know, there are people who are very famous and very few people know that early story of their life. But um, we try to pick a variety, both in terms of gender, in terms of, you know, people having people, a mix of people of color and, you know, broad, broad diversity of the people. Um, and also just a diversity of types of people, you know, musicians and artists and actors and business people. And so we've done, uh, you know, we just try to kind of keep it interesting uh, all the way through and keep it, um, keep it varied. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, talked about how um, you kind of, you want people to guess who, who it's about by the, by the end of the episode. Uh, but you've already announced who the, the first uh, episode of the, the new season is Martin Scorsese. So uh, why did you choose to do it that way? Um, we, I don't think we have announced it. We probably told oh. you, <laughs> but we, <laughs> we try to put it. That no, that's okay. That's okay. We oh, can right. talk about it. Um, okay. but, so yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's called, I can, I can say, uh, well, I guess I'll say, yeah, the name of that episode is called The Student. So each episode of Imagine Life has a name that's the something. So the chameleon, the student, the achiever. And it doesn't tell you in the description who it is. So it's fun to keep up the game. But people have listened to them when they know who it is. And, uh, you know, there's, there's, I think, about 20 episodes now. So if, you know, if you want to start fresh you can pick a different episode to start with right. uh and we can talk about scorsese and the student <laughs> yeah yeah so was there any particular reason why you uh picked him i mean obviously he's very well known some of my favorite movies taxi driver and whatnot but uh also interesting life I, w I would assume yeah he has a really interesting life and you know that was one it's there's kind of a funny story behind it because i uh, so I'm the head of content here, and so I'm pretty much not usually writing the episodes anymore. But uh, there was a moment about two months ago when we thought we uh, had a couple of the scripts that were in process fall apart. And we started to think somebody in-house was going to have to just write an episode very quickly so that we didn't miss our, our air date. And so I started to think about people who I know really well. Um, and I, my background is the filmmaker, so I, I grew up loving movies. And so I was like, who do I know enough about that I could conceivably write an episode just with what I know? And uh, Scorsese was one of the people who came to mind. Um, mm -hmm. He's got, you know, a really interesting upbringing. Um, he was a really sickly uh, kid, and he grew up in Little Italy in New York City, kind of around all these gangsters and mafioso. But he was a really quiet, shy kid who just lost himself in the movies. And the story that, um, which we end with, uh, is, and again, we usually do a slice of a person's life. Uh, and then once you get to the point of their success, we kind of fast forward through the, all the accolades that they've accomplished since they became famous at the end. Um, mm -hmm. so with Scorsese, the kind of climactic scene is 
he uh, started out his life making, um, I mean, sorry, his career, he made one small film in New York, and then he got hired by Roger Corman, who's the famous B-movie director, to Mm -hmm. make a a movie that would become uh, known as Boxcar Bertha. And John Cassavetes was his hero, and this is all in the episode, but John Cassavetes was his big hero, who was an independent filmmaker and an actor at the time. And uh, are we allowed to curse in your podcast? Yeah, you can say anything you like. Okay. (laughs) uh, Because when he finishes Boxcar Bertha, John Cassavetti says to him, gives him a big bear hug, and he says, congratulations, you just spent two years of your life making a piece of shit. Now go make something (laughs) that you really care about. And he went off and he made Mean Streets, which is considered his first great film, and it was with Robert De Niro and Harvey Keitel. And it kind of went from there to Taxi Driver to Raging Bull and and onward. Um, So he scraped together the money to make Mean Streets, and he brought it to... um, the studio, I think it was Warner Brothers here, and he had this like what he thought was this disastrous screening for the studio executives here, and they were standing, you know, they, they, the guy brought in lunch, and he walks in front of the projector, and everyone, all the executives are talking through the whole first half of the movie, and then the guy stands up, uh, who's the decision maker, the head of the studio, and he says, "Hey guys, do you mind if you pause it? I got to go take a leak." And he's like, "And I might as well put my, and, you know." And Martin Scorsese is just sitting there with his head in his hands, like, "Oh my God, this is a disaster. They hate this movie." And the guy's yeah. like, "Well, I might as well put my cards on the table. This is the best movie I've seen all year, and we definitely want to buy it." And he walks out, and I had remembered that hearing that story, and was like, "Well, that's such a great climactic moment for this guy who put everything." in his life into making this movie um, that, that we kind of could work backwards from that. And that's sort of the end of the episode of about Scorsese. And then from there you hear everything he goes on to do after that culminating with him winning the Oscar for the departed in 2007 um, Mm -hmm. and being who he is today. Yeah. It's uh, pretty wild that uh, his next movie is kind of off topic, but his next movie is coming to Netflix because you wouldn't think like something Martin Scorsese and, Al Pacino and uh, and Robert De Niro and all these people involved would be uh, made for Netflix. But uh, it's a I know, movie, a I know, it, it is. It's going to be interesting to see how that uh, comes out. I mean, how how people respond to it. Yeah. So you said your I'm background is a. Uh, I'm very excited too, uh, and I'm glad that Joe Pesci's coming out of retirement to do it too. The. Uh, <laughs> so oh, I didn't you even said know your that. Background, wow. Yeah, you find I know like they really had to try to, to get him to do it. He's like against uh, doing anything for a long time, but he's he's going to be in it. So you said your backgrounds in filmmaking. What, what kind of movies like uh, made you want to become a filmmaker? I I grew up really loving some some old movies, um, Woody Allen movies. Uh, yeah, I think my favorites growing up were like a lot of the movies of the, from the seventies, so Godfather part one and two and Annie Hall. Um, those were some of my favorites growing up and, uh, what else? The conversation, the Francis Ford Coppola movie. So that was kind of the biggest inspiration for me. And then more then when I got older, Steven Soderbergh movies were ones that really inspired me as well. Uh, what kind of movies did you have you made? I made uh, two features. One was called uh, Blue State, which was starring Anna Paquin and mm-hmm. Brecken Meyer. And then I made another one called California Solo, which starred Robert Carlyle, which came nice. out a couple of years ago. And then I've been doing more producing, um, whatnot, over the last few years. So I, I was a producer on Project Greenlight, 
on HBO and uh, mm -hmm. produced a movie for Netflix called Coin Heist and some other some other stuff before I came over here. And I'm working a lot on bringing our podcast here to to film and TV as well. Mm -hmm. So has anyone from Imagine Life, the well, someone where uh, one of the episodes was about? Have they? Ever, do you know if any of them heard like the episode and like uh, contacted you or anything like that? That's a great question. We haven't, as far as I know. Um, we haven't found out. I haven't heard any of wh uh, where the person heard the episode. I saw there's a lot of uh, true crime podcasts on the network. Is that something you're interested in? Yeah, um, you know, the truth is I'm not personally interested in true crime, <laughs> but now I'm producing <laughs> a lot of them. And yeah. I think it's interesting that, uh, you know, I, I, I guess I shouldn't say that. I ate up things like serial and making a murderer and the staircase. So the stuff that kind of look digs deeper into why something happened and how it happened are interesting to me. Um, mm -hmm. The ones that are um, more whodunits around, you know, there was a murder and the police were trying to figure out who, who it was uh, are the ones that I don't listen to as much, to be honest. Mm -hmm. um, but I think it's, uh, you know, I think it's just really something that people are uh, obsessed with <laughs> right now. And, yeah. uh, you know, it, you know, it, 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 as a filmmaker, you're always looking for stakes. And so I think that, you know, in the sense of what, why am I listening to the story? And so I think that besides people just kind of inter being interested because, you know, the way people like to look at a train wreck, I think it's also mm -hmm. that, you know, it's a good way to look at the human condition and why people do what they do when the stakes are at the highest level. Mm -hmm. I know when uh, the Ted Bundy, Ted Bundy tapes came out recently, like it was all over Facebook, people talking about it and social media. And I was like, have you, I was like surprised. It's almost like people never heard of him before. I thought like, it was I know kind of like common knowledge by now. Yeah. Well, I think people it, that's, you know, going back to the thing about, podcasting and, and to some degree that those docu, you know, multi-part docu-series being a way to spend a lot of time with a story. Yeah. Uh, I think there's a lot of things out there that people kind of think they know the details of, but then mm -hmm. when they actually watch a, sh watch a documentary or listen to a podcast where they're listening for four or six hours of stuff, it turns out there's a lot they didn't know. So I think even something like the surviving R Kelly or the Michael Jackson documentary um, or the Ted Bundy tapes, um, or as a podcast, even something like Slow Burn, which is about Watergate and the Lewinsky scandal. You know, you listen to it and you're like, oh, I, I lived through that, or I thought I read the books about that, but turns out there's all kinds of detail that I didn't know, or I never heard what that person's voice sounded like or what they looked like, and it's so interesting. So I think that's one thing that's driving this boom in long-form narrative yeah. storytelling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and with um, because this is something new, like to to binge watch something, you know, before it'd be almost impossible to do unless you went and bought like all the VHS tapes of of a series, which would, was very difficult to do. But now you can go and watch a whole series at your leisure. You can spend hours, you know, and uh, and the same thing with podcasts. You could just sit back and listen to something for a long time. And it just was it wasn't really feasible like uh until like modern time. Yes, yes, that's right. So I I was uh, I did a small part in a, in a movie last year, like just an independent movie here in Boston. But um, I was like, like the older person. There was mostly younger people. And the one guy also did a podcast and he told me they edit some down 
so they can fit on Instagram to like a minute. And I just couldn't wrap my, my, my mic around that. Like, <laughs> so I did watch them and they weren't even sentences. It was just like, uh, like, like little tidbits of, of talking. It was very bizarre. And, uh, and when I told him that like, uh, my most listened to interviews, like over four hours, he was, he was dumbfounded probably as much as I was that he did one minute long podcast. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. So, uh, how often do uh, the new episodes come out of Imagine Life? Imagine Life is uh, every week. We, we're we're actually shifting to um, a twelve episode uh, seasons, and they come out every Sunday at two o'clock. Uh, and then we'll take twelve weeks off, and then I'll come back on for twelve weeks. So we'll have. Uh, seasons every um, on and off about three a year mm-hmm. and uh, how about Wondery itself how often like uh, does new content come up oh we're putting in a lot of con- content we put out over 400 episodes of original uh, oh. of our original series last year so this year we'll have six mini series which are like Dirty John or Dr. Death or, Gla- or Gladiator coming out um, the next one comes out in May. It's called the shrink next door. And then every week we have probably 15 episodes that are coming out of our various shows. Um, we've got business wars, which is about the best, the, the biggest business rivalries of all time, like Nike and Adidas and Mar- Marvel versus DC and eBay versus PayPal. Um, and that comes out twice a week. Um, one plus one is a show we have about the greatest, uh, collaborative duos so the first series we did was about john lennon and paul mccartney and their ups and downs of their relationship and the second series we're doing on that is um about Shaq and kobe on the lakers uh sorry to your boston fans Uh, (laughs) and uh and then we have um we have a workplace advice show called safe for work and we have another show called american scandal which covers some of the biggest scandals in american history like the iran contra scandal or the exxon valdez oil spill so we have a lot of content out there and a lot of different shows just about a show for anyone yeah. uh, on any subject pretty much yeah. how, how do you choose what goes on wondery um we want the shows to be as broad as possible even if they're within these certain topics we want our shows to be able to reach a wide audience. Um, and we want people to learn something and feel something. So even if it's a story about business or it's a story about science or it's a story about history or it's imagined life, we want people to be get emotionally invested in the story while they're also learning something uh, at the same time. And I think that's going back to imagine life. What it does so well is that you're learning about these people you may want to know more about, but you're also going on an emotional journey with them. Um, and that in a way is probably our broadest show because we have parents playing it for their kids too. Um, and have found that kids really like listening to it as young as seven, eight years old. Although I, I, although there is some content on there that's, you know, pushing it for that age, but um, for the most part, it's, it's, it's safe for them. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, one, I think you could just Google Wondery and I don't think a lot of other things would come up besides what you're looking for, but where do people go to find Wondery? Well, we're, yeah, we have Wondery.com, but, um, you can, and you can find a list of our shows there, but they're wherever you're listening to podcasts, um, Mm -hmm. Apple podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, 
Pandora. Um, we we all our all our podcasts are widely available and supported by ads, so that they can be free for everybody. Very cool. Well, I appreciate coming on. It was cool to talk to you. Yeah, likewise. All my high school friends are off in college now. And I get high and watch TV all day. Living in my mother's basement's really not that bad. I got everything I need and I don't pay. Cards and playing ball. Then came my school classes that I couldn't understand. And girls who wouldn't notice me at all. But I never asked to grow up, so please don't make me do it. I wasn't meant to grow up. Don't think I'll make it through it. Things have been going south since I. Say not now, no, not right now. When I say I need to.